What was the greatest high holiday sermon ever given? For me, it's the one we will hear tomorrow. The Yom Kippur sermon delivered by the prophet Isaiah. You call this a fast, thunders Isaiah. Don't you know the fast I desire? To break the bonds of injustice, to let the oppressed go free, to share your bread with the hungry, and to take the homeless into your home. Share your bread, house the homeless, and then Isaiah's very next words. Vahalach lifanecha sidkecha. If you do those things, your righteousness will go before you. Or my translation, Vahalach lifanecha sidkecha. At the end of our lives, it will be the tzedakah we gave regularly that matters the most. Two core practices of Judaism are tzedakah, sharing your money, part of your money with others, and gimilut chasadim, acts of loving kindness. There are thousands of kind acts we can and should perform daily, and they do not cost a penny. But that's another sermon. I wonder how many of us associate the term tzedakah with religious school. Every Sunday, my parents would give my sisters and me a few coins. After our teachers took attendance, they would always pass around a brown tzedakah envelope. I wonder how many of you grew up with little metal JNF blue and white boxes. At Emmanuel, there are tzedakah boxes installed at the entrance to our chapel and right at the entrance to this sanctuary. And the tzedakah boxes our children bring home from religious school. But we often stop noticing them. Just as tzedakah boxes have faded into the background, so too I worry that the concept of tzedakah has faded into the reformed Jewish consciousness as an adolescent activity, as a discretionary deed, as an intermittent act of empathy. On this holiest night of the year, we reflect on how to make the most of this one precious life. This is a moment for us to realize that Judaism calls upon us, each of us, regardless of our income level, to develop a lifetime habit of giving tzedakah generously. This is a core teaching of our faith. Regardless of our own income level, each one of us can put tzedakah at the forefront. 
you may think that I'm telling you this just to ask you for a donation to Temple. And yes, I will ask you for a donation to Temple, but not tonight. On this Shabbat and Day of Atonement, let's reflect on the power of tzedakah as a core Jewish practice. You won't find kipot, rabbis, or b'nai mitzvah in the Torah. They come later. But you will find commandments from day one to the present about the sacred obligation to give personal funds to those in need. Giving tzedakah is mandatory. It's different than charity that is given whenever your heart so moves you. Tzedakah is part of our identity as Jews. Long ago, we brought our sacrifices regularly to the temple. Over millennia, the way we give tzedakah has changed. But in every generation, tzedakah is how we thank God. It's how we give back. It's how we practice justice. For most of us, whatever our tzedakah giving looks like now, it can be better, more habitual, more intentional, more Jewish. In his book, Against Empathy, Yale scholar Paul Bloom argues that acting out of emotional impulse is not optimal. Rational reasons motivate us to give more widely and more wisely. When we see the devastation in Puerto Rico, we must give now. But just as doctors tell us that our healthy eating and exercise must be routine, so too Judaism counsels a tzedakah habit. My favorite tzedakah teaching is that each of us is obligated to give tzedakah even if we receive tzedakah. You might say, what? Judaism makes poor people give tzedakah? Yes, think about the transformation of seeing oneself not only as a recipient, but as one who gives to support the needs of others. Human dignity is a core Jewish value. The laws of tzedakah are designed to maintain the dignity of the recipient and to demonstrate that there is absolutely no shame in receiving tzedakah. Developing a tzedakah practice makes menches of us all and stretching ourselves to give feels great. Some of you may have seen the two-part essay that Gary Camille penned in this summer's San Francisco Chronicle about the Jews of the Bay Area. He wrote, from the beginning, San Francisco's Jewish elite were noted for being public-spirited. From the pioneer days to today, the list of Jews whose generosity left a mark on the city and the Bay Area is remarkable. The majority of those generous Jewish families are members of this congregation.
such naches. But our 2,100 families fall all across the economic spectrum. There are active members of our congregation who do not have enough income to pay basic monthly expenses. My guess is that large numbers of our congregants fall somewhere in the middle between great wealth and truly struggling. Perhaps you are unemployed or a student, or maybe you're a single person or a one-income family. You may be going through a divorce. You may be a family of four cramped in a one-bedroom apartment, unable to afford proper housing in San Francisco. You might be a dual career working couple paying your mortgage and bills, putting kids through private school. You may have a second home and travel and you make some nice yearly charitable donations. And yet compared to the super wealthy, you feel less able to be philanthropic. I have to say, talking about the fact that we all have different incomes is uncomfortable. We don't like to talk about our personal finances. What we give is our own business. Judaism teaches us how to give. Judaism teaches that each one of us can be a generous mensch. Talmudic sages asked whether it's better to give one large gift or many smaller ones. And the answer for most of us is to give many times, even if the gift is smaller, because it creates in us the habit of giving. There are multiple ways to make giving a habit or a practice. This year, we could each make a conscious effort, a decision about how much we want to stretch ourselves to give over the course of the year. The key is to develop a practice that works for you. Let our giving be the first thing we think of along with our fixed bills every month. Each one of us has the potential to give habitually and generously. I feel lucky. My parents were a single income family on what was way back then a modest income, my dad's. Even back then, attending public school all through high school, my dad's income never seemed to quite stretch to the end of the month. We rarely got on an airplane, and we ate a lot of spaghetti. So why do I feel so fortunate? Shortly after my dad died, 25 years ago, I went through his personal checkbook. In spite of our family's struggle to make it month by month, decades of checkbook registers were littered with $18 and $36 donations. They gave religiously to our temple in Ventura, but also to the Heart Fund, National Parks, the ADL, JNF, and organizations I never heard of. So our parents set us on a lifelong path 
to giving tzedakah. We get to teach the next generation the power of the habit of tzedakah. Some families collect tzedakah just before they light the Shabbat candles. Those Coinstar machines make it easy to take jars of coins and donate them to worthy causes. Some families decide as a family where to give tzedakah. We discuss the reasons we support Jewish and non-Jewish causes. And we model for our children our own tzedakah practice. Many years ago, the Seattle Jewish Community School came to Jonathan and me for a gift for their capital campaign. So far, my checkbook mirrored my dad's, nearly all $18 and $36 donations and the occasional 180. We had three small children and were paying off our combined student loans. They asked us for $5,000. At first, I was incredulous, but we realized that over time, we could budget in such a way as to make that donation. I mention this because so many of us give below our capacity, and we simply don't realize it until someone else challenges us or we challenge ourselves to make a larger gift. In time, I hope every single one of us will have an opportunity to participate in a historic renovation of our temple. In his remarks on Rosh Hashanah, Donnie Friend noted how small the congregation was in the early 20th century when they had the chutzpah and went ahead and raised the funds to build this. Even though they were such a small group post-World War I, they looked to the future. Look around. You got to see how crowded it is in here. Just take a look for a minute. Look up and around you. Look what they did for us. This is our opportunity for each one of us to stretch ourselves, each according to our own capacity. And when the project is complete, for each one of us to be able to say, I made that happen. They say that rabbis write about what we most need to hear ourselves. So lest you think that I am an exemplary giver of tzedakah, I assure you, I am not. I still give sporadically and based on personal whims. Of course, I give to Emmanuel, and I hope you do too, even if you don't use it. We give to our temple so that it will always be there for those who need it, and because we all benefit from having a strong Jewish presence here in the Bay Area. Every week, hundreds utilize the services of this temple. I give annually to diabetes and asthma research to honor my parents' memories, to the Federation, Glide, JFCS, to the Israel Religious Action Center to keep Israel a home for all of us, and to Israel, because who doesn't love an Israeli group of Jews and Muslims who go to every disaster on earth and save lives? 
If you come to hear Yotam, the head of ISRA aid at services on October 20th, I know you will be inspired too. This past week in the Jewish Forward, David Schizer, the new CEO of the Joint Distribution, reminded us that there are fellow Jews across the world, many Holocaust survivors, so poor they live on $2 a day, no heat and no fresh water. They had not been in my consciousness. I have work to do on my Sadaka practice. My goal is to be a more systematic giver and to give more so that at the end of my life it can be said, I did put Sadaka first. The practice of giving Sadaka regularly and generously is a life changer. We want our lives to have meaning. We want to leave this world having made a difference. And Judaism teaches us that you don't have to win the California State Lottery to do that. I believe with all my heart. Our righteousness, yes, quite literally, our tzedakah goes before us. Thousands of years ago, Isaiah rocked his high holiday sermon. Every year that sermon gives us a little punch in our hungry guts when he says, is this really what you mean by religious practice? Do we really think we can stop eating for a day, write a couple checks, donate online and call it a day? So when you feel the most hungry tomorrow, Fill your belly with his words to share our bread with the hungry and to take the homeless poor into our homes and never to neglect our own flesh and blood. And then when we practice tzedakah, our righteousness will go before us. So may it be.